Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast, where mindset and marketing meet purpose, passion, and profits. I'm Bob Baker, and if you're a creative entrepreneur or someone who runs a heart-centered business, you're in the right place. To get a free collection of sample chapters from my books and audiobooks, just pay a quick visit to promoteyourcreativity.com. That's promoteyourcreativity.com. Now, enjoy the episode. On this episode, you're going to hear from a New York Times best-selling author. I am talking about Pam Grout, author of E-Squared and E-Cubed and Jumpstart Your Metabolism and like 15 other books on inspiration and creativity and travel. I know I always say these interviews are inspiring, but this one was particularly that for me. Pam talks about how she created a vocation that is ideally suited for her. She has some great philosophies on the use of your mind to create your reality and her experiences with major publishers like Simon & Schuster, National Geographic, and Hay House. Just an all-around fun and fast-paced interview. I know you're going to love it. That interview starts right on the other side of this musical ditty. This is The Creative Entrepreneur, Season 2, Episode 16. So I am so excited today to have on Skype with me live right now uh, a prolific author and actually one of my favorite witty, funny writers uh, talking about Pam Grout. Hi, Pam. How are you? Oh, I'm great, especially after hearing that introduction. Like, wow, that's a, that's a real compliment. Thank you. <laughs> that's right. I didn't tell you that. I thought I would surprise you once the, re- the recording was going here. You know, instead of like reading a bio or whatever of you, let me just start off by asking you, like when people, like if somebody meets you and they don't know who you are and they say, well, who are you and what do you do? Like, what's the short little pitch that you give to describe that or who you are and what you do? Well, it depends on my mood. Occasionally, I've been known to say that I sell blow-up adult toys door-to-door. But (laughs) um, usually I say I'm a writer. I mean, that's basically what I say. I mean, I mean, I think I did a blog post recently said that I was a deployer of miracles. I mean, that was something I just recently said in a uh, blog post. But basically, I say I'm a writer. I've been a writer forever. That's the thing I most identify with. I mean, I love anything having to do with creativity. But um, but yeah, writing is kind of my thing. So I'd say I'm a writer. So that's so that's your main shtick. Yeah. And and do you do you delve in other uh, areas of creativity? We kind of before I hit the record button, we talked briefly about art. But have you done that too? Or music or anything? Draw, but I have no skill. I look at your pictures back there that you've done. I'm so impressed. So, no, I don't do anything like that. But I do love to take a sketchbook with me and draw. A lot of times when I'm doing my travel writing, because I think it makes you really look at something in a whole different way. So, but I mean, I would never show it to anybody. What other? I've written screenplays. I've written um, several uh, plays that have been produced in my little hometown of Lawrence, Kansas. So I really like anything having to do with creativity. I'm trying to think what other creative pursuits I've done. I mean, 
I don't know. I've um, written some songs, but nothing performed or anything like that. I just, I think creativity is so important. I think we always need to be expressing. So I'm always coming up with some new thing to, to do. But the thing that anybody would know me for would be just my books, probably. And I write a lot of articles for a lot of different publications as well. Right, right, cool. So that makes you the perfect uh, person to to interview on this on this podcast. And so let let me just tell you a quick personal story. The way I first came across you was I was in a public library here in St. Louis years ago, and I found an early copy of Jumpstart Your Metabolism. And I'm pretty sure that this was self published. Or this um, did you originally like publish that either on your own or through a small company? Oh, I did self-publish it. In fact, you know, we were talking earlier about artistic talent. In fact, that little cover of that, I actually drew myself. So, so I guess I have put my art out there. It was a picture of a uh, scales coming out, like it was a spring on it because it was called Jumpstart. So if you saw that copy, that was an antiquated copy from way back when. But yeah, yeah, yeah that it was yellow probably. And- probably, yeah. It's been, I had, of course, I took it back to, to, the, to the library and I think I purchased the new... Simon and Schuster, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a little publishing company picked it up, <laughs> Simon and <laughs> Schuster. Um, but that was my first exposure. I don't know if I was looking for health stuff or what caught my eye, but I checked it out, and I just thought your writing was so engaging and funny and witty, and and I said, wow, this I really liked her style. And, and would you say is that a, a writing style that permeates a lot of what you've created over the years? Well, certainly. I mean, I like to make some of the topics I write about tend to be serious. Like, for example, um, breathing practices, which is what Jumpstart Your Metabolism was, which is a pretty serious, you know, respiration, serious topic. But I do not want to make it boring in that way. I really believe that, you know, if we're going to do something to change our life, it has to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to be sustainable, it has to be fun. So I always try to write in a fun and engaging manner. I mean, that's kind of I kind of write like I talk. In fact, one of the greatest compliments I get is that people say, oh, I feel like I'm talking to my best friend or, you know, my best girlfriend or whatever. So I tend to write just about like I talk. So, um, in fact, I think I write better than I talk because when I talk, I tend to add a lot of ums and ohs and whatnot. And with writing, at least I can delete those. Come back and edit it later. Yes. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, I th- well, I think that's cool because I think that's an important part. I mean, it's what appeals to me about what I do. It's it's like we, we make a living or we express ourselves in a way that's authentically us as opposed to fitting the mold of someone else's mold. And you have done a great job of doing that, expressing yourself for you know, what your unique way of, ex- of expression through your books, through your articles and all that. So I think that's awesome. I'm sure you don't remember this, but like 10 years ago, I was at a book expo America and I forgot what book of yours, but you were in one of the signing lines or whatever. Oh, and, in and York I, City? Yeah, I think it was in New York. Yeah. Could have been my National Geographic books. That was really fun. I had my daughter with me. I don't know if you saw a young little girl um, sitting there with me or waiting, but yeah, that was in New York at the Jacob Javits Center, I believe. I'm pretty so sure. did we meet and we talk? We did. It was very, it was very brief, uh, but uh, and I'm sure you met a lot of people, so I don't expect you to remember that. But considering I, I, I saw your name on the list and remembered, oh, this is the gal, the real funny, <laughs> jumpstart your metabolism, and and uh, and so I, yeah, I made a, I made a point to come up and say and say hi. And here we are, ten years later, connecting again. I'm just going to read something that's on your website here. This is real brief on the, on the homepage. It says, I am the author of 16 books, two screenplays, a soap opera, a TV series, and enough magazine articles that I haven't starved in 20 years without a nine-to-five job. Um, and so that's, that's a pretty prolific output. And maybe, I don't know, have those numbers increased or those, the years increased since you posted that? 
<laughs> that would have been a long time ago. In fact, I just finished a book that comes out in August and it would have been my 18th book. So I guess I'm two books behind. And as far as not having a job, let's see, I, how old would I have been? But yeah, no, it would have been 25 because my daughter's 22 and I was already freelancing. So probably 25, 26 years I have been on my own as a freelancer. And even when I did work for the man, if you want to call it that, or what I did, I really kind of only worked part time. So I never have been too much into the whole you know, working for somebody else. I just really, I think maybe I'm unemployable, perhaps. <laughs> you know, the one job I did have, I wore flip-flops into the office, and they, they kind of frowned on that. So so anyway, yeah, I've been on my own for quite a long time. Cool, cool. No, I, I can, that's the subject of this podcast, yeah. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that because I've always felt a part of my drive of being self-employed was I knew I would never be happy working for someone else and, you know, building someone else's dream. And so, uh, and so I can definitely relate to that. So before I get into my official list of questions, yeah. So any and just a little like a quick story about sort of your evolution. So did you start off more as a journalist with the articles, and then where did the books come in? And just give us give me a little kind of broad brushstroke of your uh, journey to this point. Yeah, well, I used to write for the Kansas City Star, as I like to say, that um, launched the careers of Ernest Hemingway and Walt Disney. So you know, I started there, and I was a feature writer. And from the time I was in college, I did a. Um, a article magazine article writing class so I was always sending out query letters so yeah I guess I guess your question was yeah so I did start writing articles and I really like the travel articles because I have a hankering to travel I've always loved to go places so when you're a writer as you know it's like find something you're interested in and then get an assignment then you get to go meet the person or go visit the place or whatever it is so I started out you know doing magazine articles and then when my daughter was born which was 22 years ago I thought you know I need to stay home more because I was you know travel writing more so I'll do a longer form project which of course a book is and so I started writing books at that time and for a while I was on pace I did a book for every year of her life but again she's 22 now and like I said I just finished my 18th book so I guess I got a little far behind there but uh yeah Cool. And you're, and so I, I sh- it should mention, yeah, in addition to jumpstart your me- metabolism, uh, well, yeah, Living Big, there's a, a book called Art and Soul, which sounds like it's right in alignment with this podcast. But I have a feeling, is it true that you're this uh, e, to, uh, e squared and E cubed, which are two Hay House books, or, 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 are those your best sellers? Well, yeah, E squared took off is crazy. Um, it, it was, it's been translated into almost 40 languages, and it made number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow, so it was on there for three weeks. I mean, it's kind of funny. People go, oh, you're an overnight success. Well, no, this was my 16th book. So this isn't an overnight success. I was just kind of, you know, making enough to have a decent living, you know, enjoying my life. I mean, I'm all about freedom and flexibility and had all that. And then suddenly this book, E Squared, hit a chord with people and literally just took off. I mean, I, over the last few years, I've been to Peru, I've been to Japan, all these places where I'm going to speak about my book. And the funniest thing for me is that people think because you can write a book that you also can get up on stage and talk, you know, like, hey, come give a workshop. Like, okay. So anyway, it's just funny how I've sort of made that little leap into a whole another arena, which I wasn't even pursuing. But but certainly when you write a book like this, people do, you know, want you to come talk about it. So I've done a lot of that. Right. And, and just to, just to, in case somebody's not familiar with it, just real quickly, the the uh, the topic of the book is you did some experiments related to like energetic. Maybe you can explain. Right. Yeah. Eastward. 
Well, it's, it talks a lot about, in fact, it's funny because I've been, you know, like, oh, it's the best law of attraction book. I don't even think I used that term law of attraction. I don't think I knew that term when I wrote the book. But it's a little bit about how our thoughts and our consciousness create our reality. You know, if we look for doom and gloom, we will find doom and gloom. If we also look for joy and happiness, we will find that. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. But what I do and what's made this book different, because this topic's been around for a long time. Right is that I put nine um, experiments, I, I, nine principles that I, that I believe are true about the universe, like nine universal laws, and here's an experiment to try it. Don't take my word for it. You know, does it work for you? Does it not? I mean, it's totally up to you. So I don't want anybody to, you know, to trust me. It's like, put it to work in your own life. So I set it up. I mean, I have these little lab report sheets, and I put a hypothesis out there. And I literally, most of them are 48 hours. I said, hey, give it a try. What do you have to lose? 48 hours out of your life, big deal. And the thing that's been so amazing about this book is every day I open my inbox and I've got these amazing stories. They usually start with something like, you are never going to believe this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I get all this feedback from readers. So it's kind of this whole community has been formed around this book, E Squared. I mean, you know, ministers in these New Thought churches have asked have asked me to come speak. They've done their own like nine week series. I mean, it's just been amazing how this book has taken off and how it's captured people's imagination. So that's very cool, and how satisfying to be serving other people. I mean, it's one thing to, to feel the accomplishment of publishing a book, but when you do it and people are, resonate and it makes an impact, that's that's got to be deeply satisfying. It, it really is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sure. And so, uh, oh, and so is it safe to say that, because I was looking over your, you know, your bibliography or whatever, your list of, of, of books, and you covered a lot of wide ranging topics. Would, is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, I had an agent once that told me, you know, Pam, you need to pick a, a genre or whatever and stick with it. But that's not really my personality. You know, my books are, a lot of them are travel books. So that indeed you know, I suppose is a genre. So I would say half of them, like I did those books for National Geographic, which is when we would have met in New York. Mm -hmm. And then the other half are pretty much inspirational, self-helpy, personal development kind of books. So I guess that's kind of a genre. But yeah, there's the breathing practice, you know, so that's one thing. There's the creativity and spirituality. That's one thing. Living big about the power of one person to make a difference. So yeah, they kind of are all across the board for sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll travel and self-help, I guess, is the, yeah. broad, the broader yeah. category. Yeah. So that so this is a great example about, yeah, you could sort of bucked the traditional uh, wisdom of oh, pick a niche and, and, and stick with this one thing. So you've, you've, you've shown that you can write a, do a variety of things and still find success and support yourself doing it. Right. I just want to take a quick break from the interview to remind you that one of my most recent books is called The Empowered Artist. The subtitle is A Call to Action for Musicians, Writers, Artists, and Anyone Who Wants to Make a Difference with Their Creativity. Uh, and of all the 12 paperback books that I've published over the years, this is probably the most inspired resource that I've ever created. It's all about the mindset of artists and the work ethic and the success principles that most creative people embody to do more with their artwork. However you define success, these tips will help you get there. The book is available as an ebook and a paperback on Amazon. So you can go there and order it. Uh, however, I also want to make you aware that I have a special page for the Artist Empowerment Movement, as I'm calling it. Uh, it's empartist.com. Just think of the first three letters of empowered, E-M-P, and then the word artist.com. You can go there and find out all about the things related to the movement, including the book and a mastermind and uh 
podcast or this one that you're listening to, The Creative Entrepreneur. And there's a special deal for my website only. Uh, if you order the paperback from that link, I'll throw in some extra digital cool bonuses um, that you'll get. And you get also free shipping to anywhere in the world. Seriously. And so if you want a paperback copy, check that out or go to Amazon and uh, order it that way. It's got a lot of rave reviews from readers. And so I would love for you to be inspired by these ideas as well. So thanks for checking out this quick break. And now back to the interview. There's, there's a, like kind of a short list of questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Yeah, this is really about you and your journey and finding out, you know, I just love finding out what makes successful people tick. And so um, one of the questions that I always I like to ask everybody is just, you could name three key things that were responsible for your, you know, your growth of your career and what you do now. And these can be beliefs, they can be, you know, actions that you took, key moments, insights, you know, but if you could limit it's like three major things that are responsible for your success as a writer and an author, what would those three things be, Pam? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're a podcast host or someone wanting to be interviewed on podcasts as a guest, visit podmatch.com. Podmatch automatically connects ideal podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. We always say it works just like a dating app, but instead of connecting you for dates, it connects you for podcast interviews. Podmatch has connected over 85,000 guests and hosts together for interviews that listeners love, all while saving you countless hours of administrative work through built-in automations. If you're ready to level up your podcast interviews on either side of the mic, start today by visiting podmatch.com. Well, I would say, first of all, is I really enjoy a lot of variety and I'm a very creative person. So it became apparent to me really quickly when I went to a job that this wasn't going to work for me. So I guess um, this idea that you could do a lot of different things, you know, as a freelancer, you could, again, find something you're interested in and then get an article, you know, get an assignment to write about that. So then you could go pursue, you could learn a little bit about that. So in some ways, I'm sort of a jack of all trades, master of none kind of person. So this particular career just fits that. So I suppose creativity would be one thing. Um, number two, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's um, it's a particular way of looking at the world in that our thoughts do affect how we see the world, you know, that our consciousness, and I think that has played a big part because if indeed our consciousness play a role in how our lives play out, then we can use our consciousness to line up a path that really works for us. And I'd say I have definitely used that. So I think being a student of A Course in Miracles would maybe be number two. And the third thing would be, again, maybe that I'm just unemployable. <laughs> I wasn't probably all that great at, at working for the man, so to speak, and just kind, just kind of liked having a little bit more flexibility. But I say mostly it's just this idea that I really want, I, I believe so strongly that every person needs to create and express. And I think that is such an important key thing of our humanity. And I think that all of us need to go for that thing that makes us feel most alive. And for whatever reason, I guess I was just, oh, you know what? Probably one of the things would be, I didn't actually mention this, but I'm just naive enough to think that I could make it work. I think, you know, sheer dumbness, you know, ignorance maybe, because, you know, the world will tell you that that can happen. The world will tell you that you need to get a job. I mean, there's these rules you follow. And as long as you, you know, listen to what the world tells you, what the dominant paradigm would suggest, then no, but I was just probably naive enough to say, well, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. So probably naivety would be as much as anything, yeah. a big factor in my uh, career path. 
I think that's awesome. And I've written and talked about that before too. Cause I think like a lot of people, like when they pursue a, a career, like I sell, like a lot of my books are on the topic of music marketing, you know? And so there, I have there are a lot of aspiring musicians and I've been at this, that for like 20 plus years, my primary niche. And so, but a lot of aspiring musicians, and this happens with writers, whoever, um, people always want to go, I, I need to educate myself and I need to know the exact path and I need to know all the rules of, the, of this, uh, this uh, industry um, so I don't make any mistakes, you know. And I actually think that there is some, like you've heard, the, I'm sure, the term the beginner's mind. I don't know if that's a Buddhist term yeah. or, or, or whatever, but there's something wonderful about that state where you don't know all the rules and you're just trying stuff, you know? And, and I, I've been successful early on in a career. I remember one time I was, uh, you know, because you know I do artwork, and there was one time years ago I made these, uh, like, journals that I kind of hand-painted the covers, and I just made about a dozen of them, and and I and I was just thinking, oh, where's the nearest gift shop? And I walked into this gift shop, and and I said, oh, is the owner, the manager in? I said, oh, I made these things, and and they said, oh, those are those are pretty cool. And I, and she ended up buying them whole, like wholesale right then. I walked out with a check, and I I told some friends that had been in the craft business or for a while. And they go, you can't just do that. It takes you. Know, <laughs> they never buy. You just you can't just walk into a store. And I didn't know any better, you know. So I just tried it. But I've seen that play out time and time again, and so I think that's an awesome you know, perspective to have. It sounds like you embrace that too. Yes, definitely, definitely. So it's, it sounds like you chose, yeah, I'm just kind of paraphrasing just to emphasize what you said. So you basically knew that you wanted variety, and so you chose a career path that would give you flexibility and variety so you wouldn't be doing the same thing all the time and writing was perfect for you right 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 and I love to write I mean I was one of those kids that read so much in second grade I won some award for um I don't know reading 256 books you know they were like picture books how how big deal is that but anyway you know I've always loved to write or I mean read and I think when you read a lot or when you do anything a lot you start thinking wow maybe I could do that too so I think that's really I think I was just born to be a writer I've always loved to write I've always been writing forever you know back when I was a kid when nobody said oh you can't make a career out of it because when you're a kid you're not supposed to make a career out of it so you know I've just always loved writing loved yeah. to do it and I have a feeling that you uh share this with me because I yeah I've been, I've been writing since I was a kid too and so that's yeah, a big part of who I am and what I do and I cannot relate to this topic of writer's block like people who go I just don't know what to write or what to to me that there's the the list is so long I'm never going to get around to writing and covering everything that I that I want sometimes I have an avoidance to start a project or to you know <laughs> can you relate to what I'm saying there. Totally. And I'm like you. I mean, I sometimes will procrastinate a project for whatever reason. But um, but when I get down to writing, I mean, not that everything that pours out is good. I mean, sometimes I write really bad things, but I'm perfectly okay with writing bad things. I mean, that's all right. right. Because, you know, it's just like when you turn on a faucet, it's going to, you know, if it hasn't been used for a while, it's going to come out with brown liquid. So, you know, I just know that, okay, this may not be the greatest thing I've ever written. But it's okay, you know, so I just give my permission, you know, as Anne Lamott says, write shitty first draft. So I'm a big proponent of that, you know. So, no, I don't really relate too much with writer's block either. It's just like, okay, I'm going to put something down. And mm -hmm. hopefully one of these days, you know, if I'm working on a longer project, hopefully it'll start flowing, start going well. But for now, I'm just going to just going to write whatever happens to come out. Cool, cool. And I'm glad that well, it makes t total sense that you're writing books like uh, E Squared and all that. It's related to the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. 
But the whole thing that in the same way that you uh, you, you said, why can't I be a writer? Well, who's to say, you know, there's, <laughs> and, and so you focused on how, where, where are the opportunities here as opposed to listening to all the crap out there about, oh, you're, you're not you're always going to be starving if you do that or whatever. To me, like it's uh, like the, the law of, it, of attraction. Sometimes they, people miss this, but I think your thoughts definitely can affect your actions. But I think also your actions can affect your thoughts. You know, they kind of work both ways. Like, so even if you might have doubt or uncertainty about something, just taking action on it, doing it anyway, will, you'll, you'll have an experience, you'll get a, a, a result, and you go, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Maybe I can do this. So it's not all about just, just get it right in your mind, and then when you feel like totally empowered to take action, it's like do them both, <laughs> you know? That is such a good point. Wow, that is really an important point because – you know, you may not feel like writing, but if you sit down and do it, eventually you might start feeling like it. So, yeah, because people wait for that perfect moment, you know, okay, the song is right there or the poem is right there, whatever it might be. But, no, if you wait for that, you, you start doing it, and then that inspiration comes. Always the action. That's really a good point. Oh, cool, cool. I'm a bit of a philosopher myself, Pam. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it also goes with not only the creation, creative process, but also sharing your work, you know, just getting out there and like whatever, with a musician booking a gig or going to an open mic night or just, uh, you know, posting your writing to a blog. People are so afraid of, you know, so positive thoughts and positive actions combined. Well, awesome, Pam. That's a lot of great advice there that we've covered. Uh, just a few more questions here. So, so one, so we talked a lot about the positive aspects and the empowering things and all that. But of course, uh, any uh, worthy pursuit, you get if you're faced with challenges. And so, if you could maybe just share like one major business or creative challenge that you faced over the years, and like how you overcame it or what you learned from it, I think that would be cool to hear. Well, you know, I have to say that, um, you know, when the Internet came in, because I've been a writer long before there was an Internet, and it really did dry up a lot of my markets. I mean, you know, I used to I, I'm a stringer for People magazine, so I used to work at the Chicago Bureau. They closed that. Um, all the magazines were shrinking. My agent was saying, hey, we're not selling. So, you know, everything people, my colleagues that work for newspapers were getting laid off. So there was a lot of fear going on. And I you know, I was tempted to buy into it. And I really remember thinking, oh, wow, I need to go get a real job. I mean, there was a period of, in my life, you know, kind of when the internet sort of took over, it would have been in, I don't know, 2008, 2009. It was also about the time of the financial crisis. And I really did. My daughter was getting to that age where she was getting ready to go to college. And I'm thinking, wow, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't have pursued all this. So I had, you know, some dark moments there, but I guess how I got through it was by just persisting and again following that thing that called to me and just sort of trusting in the bigger thing you know it's like okay well you know I can give up now but you know I've been doing this for so long I mean why not just stay with it and you know it did the corner did turn you know I had this book and then it ended up becoming this big bestseller so I think just kind of writing out those sort of lean times because like I said I was very there was serious consideration that maybe I should go get a real job or go do something else. So that would have probably been the most scary time, I suppose, because you know when you're young. And also, you know, you have a daughter, so she's got college, and, you know, I'm, I was her only parent. So, you know, I'm responsible for this. And, you know, sometimes maybe that wisdom of the world I should have been listening to. My mom, maybe my mom was right. I should have been a computer. You know what I mean? So I did have those doubts right. at that time. So that would probably have been the darkest time for me. I yeah. 
And yeah. just so just sticking with it and trusting it sounds like yeah. what got yeah. you got you through it. And I could totally relate to that because my business is primarily internet based, and I've been on I've been online since '95, so I'm still you know, like 21 years. And uh, yeah, and things changed for me, or you know, I mean that 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 shift around 2008. And so I I even as established as I am, and particularly in the music marketing realm, I still have to earn the attention uh, of my followers in the same way that uh, you know everyone else does. And so. Um, we make a way. So there's, 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 there's no, nothing is set in stone. <laughs> right. And I think the big thing, too, is when the naysayers, because it was a lot of people were saying, oh, it's over, you know, life sucks. And because they did change, you know, it went from print and, um, you know, the hard copy of books. But then it just it morphed into this other thing online. So I think if you're willing to be a little flexible, too, because, yeah, yeah, my career isn't exactly the way it was back then. But that's OK. You know, you mm-hmm. just you have to be kind of flexible and be willing to. Instead of just putting down that stone wall and saying, okay, it's all over. It's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and bend and change with the winds. Or, you know, use my brand of creativity, my way of looking at it to this, in this other way, instead of just assuming that it's not going to work. So that's kind of, you know, you have to be flexible, I suppose. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, are most of your books traditionally published? And have you, can, and what's your relationship with self-publishing? And have you considered those options for certain titles now that you know that you're established? Yeah. Um, all of my books for the most part have been with traditional publishers. However, I did publish two books, um, jumpstart your metabolism. Like you said, you saw that copy. I did self publish that one. And then I also self published a little book that I published on, um, Brown grocery bags. It was, it was at earth day. It was a recycle this book and 72 and a half other ways to save your mama earth. So it was 72 and a half little ways to be more environmentally friendly. And, um, and that was a fun project and it never, you know, took off in a big way. It got some reviews and it had, got a lot of publicity around here, but it was just kind of my way. Again, it was something I was interested in. I wanted to be friendlier to the planet. I wanted to learn about ways to be more green. So I ended up writing a book about it. So, you know, that just goes to show how, you know, you get interested in something. And that was, that was just a fun project I did for Earth Day. And I self-published it because I knew I could get it out quickly. You know, you send it off to a publisher and it takes a while. Like this book that comes out in August. I mean, I first turned it in a year ago. You know what I mean? It just there's that whole oh, process. I know. Yeah. And if you self-publish, you can do it quicker. And I sometimes think, I mean, don't tell Hay House this because, you know, they're pretty happy with me, I suppose. But sometimes I think about self-publishing again, you know, just as an experiment. Now I've got a little bit of a name, a little bit of a following. It might be interesting to to do another self-publishing project. But yes, I have done two of those. The rest of them all with traditional publishers from, you know, Simon & Schuster to National Geographic to, you know, Hay House with these recent books. Yeah. My publishing experience is almost like a flip side of that, where of the 12 paperback books, and then I have another like dozen ebooks only that are out there. All but two of them, I, sell, I independently published my, myself, and two books were put out by smaller companies that have since gone out of business. So I'm a big proponent of the of the DIY oh, uh, movement. Oh. And of course, when you, I mean, yeah, there's the, God, obviously Simon and & Schuster and Hay House and, and yeah, National Geographic. There's a lot of clout with that, and there's a, um, I think there's a perception amongst maybe new authors that anytime you you get a traditional publishing deal, that they take care of everything, and that you're going to be you know on the bestseller list or in, in in bookstores. But would you? I mean, with your experience with traditional publishers, is it sort of like the rare like the author's still involved in marketing? They don't do everything for you. Totally. In fact, even Hay House, they sent me a book when you know E Squared came out. 
It was called platform. It was about building your platform, you know, about blogging every day, the Twitter, the whole thing, the whole social media thing. And I was kind of a newbie about that. I mean, I used to try to promote my books, like trying to get on, you know, radio interviews or trying to get on Oprah, like every other author. So I was sort of doing it in more of that traditional way. But no, I have always promoted my books. And I think because I had um, self-published that Jumpstart Your Metabolism, which actually did really well because I was really hustling it, man. I was working at it. I was going to, I was going to turn it because it was an experiment. And I, so I didn't know, so I kind of know a little bit how to do that. But no, the author still does everything. I mean, that is really the bottom line. In fact, even Hay House with this book that did take off, they didn't put their resources into it until it took off. You know, it started getting social media buzz. It started, people started talking about it for whatever reason. People loved it. So they were all Facebook, whatever. And then they got, you know, Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and all these people to to talk about it. So, you know, it was after the buzz was created that they sort of got involved. They hadn't, hadn't spent any money on it or, you know what I mean? Just they paid me a pittance, really. And then, of course, it did just take off, ballooned in this amazing way. So, um, so yeah, no, you are so right. It's always the artist that is responsible for that as well. It's nice to confirm that with a real yeah. live, yeah. <laughs> um, traditionally published author. And so, uh, speaking of books, I mean, I mean, obviously, you've written a lot of lot of books. But if you could name uh, one or maybe two books that sort of changed your life. Um, are really meaningful to you in your journey. Um, what would the, what would that title or titles be? So books that I've read or books that I've written Reds that you've read. I, yeah, you were. You know, yeah, it's funny you said that. Or I, funny I asked that because I'm sort of thinking I've got this new book coming out or that I'm getting ready to start, and I'm thinking, you know, the book, the only book that will really change your life is the one you write. I'm thinking about that as a title, except that. Um, that's kind of long. I might, you know, but that's one of the considerations for the title of the new book, which again is about creativity. But um, books that have changed my life. Um, well, again, Course in Miracles. I that's something I still study to this day. So I would say that has deeply changed my life. Other books that have changed my. Life, I mean, I love to read. Like I said, so I've read so many. I loved Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. I don't know that I've ever, you know, would have included that in books that changed my life, but that just popped into my mind right now. I guess when I think of changing your life, I tend to think of nonfiction because I think if if it's something about personal development, but changing your life as far as a great novel, I've read so many amazing novels in my life as well because I read everything, not just, you know, personal development. But yeah, those are the two that I guess popped into my head. Did you want another one? I could probably give us some thought. That's that's (laughs) all right. Have you ever, have you ever uh, written Fiction, or are you strictly written nonfiction for the most part? I have. I've written. Um, I wrote a romance novel once when I was young, and they were selling lots of romance novels. I, did, I never did sell it. I've written um, a couple theater pieces. I've written a, a TV series, the pilot for a TV series. So that again is fiction. So oh, I wrote a murder mystery one time as well. So yeah, yeah, I've done a little bit of fiction. I have not sold any fiction. In fact, now that I've got this name and you know this book took up, I'm thinking, man, I should get some of those. Uh, some of those fiction pieces and maybe, you know, get them out there again, particularly this TV series. I'm very interested in, um, in pursuing that again, I've created the Bible for that, you know, the characters and all that. And then I've written the pilot and I I love it. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's an environmental piece, but it's also a fun piece. So, you know what I mean? So there's just reasons to possibly resurrect that. Might be time to brush off the, uh, the old romance novels too, because those are huge in ebook format in particular. (laughs) (laughs) There's only so many hours in a day, Pam. You know exactly. Um, so let me. Uh, yeah, there's a couple more things, and we're and we're and we're into the stretch here. But um, I always like, like to ask this question: It's like, what truly motivates you to do what you do? Or another way of putting it is, what's your big why? Is there an underlying 
motivational factor that drives you? Well, it means a lot to me that so many people do after, you know, E-square, tell me how much the book has meant to them. So I do like this idea. I've always said, you know, that one of my goals in life is to change the dominant paradigm. You know, this idea that we have to struggle so hard and that, you know, that life's not working for us. So I like the idea of helping people, but I was writing, I mean, when I was doing the travel things, I mean, that sort of helps people too. It gives them an idea of where they can travel to next. But um, I think my number one motivation really is this idea that we are all pieces of the bigger thing. You know, we are all part of the, you know, the evolution of the planet. And it is our task. We've been tasked with growing, growing the world or growing um, consciousness. So I feel like as much as anything, I'm doing this because this is my piece. This is my my little world and I want to contribute to the bigger whole. So I'm writing, you know, whatever I might write it, whether it's a poem, whatever it is, you know, I'm contributing to the expansion of the of the cosmos. I you know that sounds pretty esoteric. <laughs> no, I, I get it. That's the first thing that, that popped into my mind. But mostly because I just love it. I just think it's fun. <laughs> You're making a contribution to the evolution of the planet. Yeah, um, yeah, that does sound rather rather way yes, but... arrogant, I suppose. <laughs> But there's a bigger picture than just, oh, I like to write and it satisfies my personal itch to, to, yeah. to, to write. I, I mean, I like having a bigger mission, you know. For yeah. me, it's to inspire and empower, yeah, musicians, authors, and creative entrepreneurs to use their know-how and their talents to uh, make a living and make a difference in the world. It's just kind of a oh, mouthful, that's too. That's <laughs> um, a beautiful mission statement. To me, it's, it's a much better question. Like, if you get up in the morning... I don't do this every morning, but instead of saying how many books can I sell or, you know, or, or some kind of other business metric, instead ask yourself, what can I do today to inspire more people um, and, you know, do that through the things that, that are authentically who I am. Yeah, you're going to live a more fu fulfilling life and serve humanity. So no, I, I totally get it. And so what's on the horizon? You kind of hinted at uh, some other books, but the future plans, or as I think Mark Victor Hansen likes to say, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal coming up for you? Oh, I love that. Hairy, audacious yeah, goal. Big, hairy, um, audacious goal. Yeah, that's great. Well, I suppose hairy and audacious would probably be the TV series. And again, I've got this other creativity book that's the next that'll actually be me sitting down and you know, meeting a deadline for would be the creativity book. But then after that, I think I'm going to, so it seems more hairy and audacious to do the TV, you know, to kind of brush that, get, bring that back out and brush it up and, you know, maybe send it out there again. So that might be the most hairiest in all days. <laughs> <laughs> a few exciting trips coming up too. You know, I'm going to Thailand in um, October to, to actually work with some screenwriters, some women and women screenwriters. So that's like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I, who knows why? Maybe I better get that TV series ready for when I go and meet with these screenwriters. So, so a few things like that as well. Yeah. For the book and then the, the TV series. Cool. And in, in, in the creativity book, yeah. Is that title under wraps until it's published, I guess, or, 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 the well, I or at least the topic? One of the potential titles is the, the book that will, the best book to change your life is the one that you write. But that, don't you think that's a little too long probably for a Rips. book? So, is, is, um, it, is, it game, is it geared for writers specifically? No, then? it's all creative people. It's about, but again, I'm into this, you know, we're connected to the cosmos, the bigger things. So it's like, so it, it's about spirituality and creativity. So it has a combination of the two. So it's like using, like hooking into the bigger thing. You might call it the muses. You know, some creative people call it the muses. I mean, I always make an invocation to the muses, like, okay, help me here. You know, help me with what I'm writing. You know, I want to be the channel for something bigger, something better than what my little pea brain can come up with. So it's a little bit about that, you know, kind of hooking up to the bigger thing and then 
you know, doing your creativity, but it is artists, painters, anybody, dancers. It can be, it can apply to everybody. Cool. Can I ask what, what publisher that's going through? Is that oh, that's Hay House. Is that Hay House book? One, the one that, that comes out in August. I sold a two book deal. So, yeah. So, so we, there was E squared, then there was E cubed. Are there any books in the E series still? Or? Yeah, no, just the two. In fact, they, that was their idea to do, <laughs> to do the second one. But, you know, that's what happens when you have one that's a big hit. They, oh, let's do another one just like it. But it's not just like it. It's a little bit different. But then I have one that's coming out in August, and it's a, the title is Thank and Grow Rich. It's a book about gratitude. Oh, cool. And it's a 30-day experiment in shameless gratitude and unabashed joy. And the idea being that when you're on the frequency of following your bliss, to use Joseph Campbell's term, your life just works better. You know, that there really is by by doing what you love, by pursuing your, you know, deepest passion or, you know, moving towards that which makes you come alive, then life works better. So anyway, that's what Thank and Grow Rich is about. It's about gratitude and being on that joy frequency. And that's the one that comes out in August. It's also by Hay House. And um, that one's, you know gonna gonna be out here soon cool so that'll be your third one and then, then the book you're working on is the fourth hay house book right wow third book. and then the, the, the creativity one will be the fourth book yeah that is awesome well you get a lot of things in the pipeline that's that sounds you you you're a busy woman yeah. <laughs> um and then finally just yeah where can people find you online is it just your name uh dot com yeah, pamgrout.com my facebook page is pamgrout my twitter's pamgrout i just you know just Put in my name and you'll find probably more than you'd ever want to know about me. In case it's not obvious, it's P-A-M-G-R-O-U-T. Yes, Pam Grout. Well, this has been a real thrill uh, for me to finally connect with you and uh, yeah, and, and talk a little shop and share your wisdom with my, uh, my audience. So uh, thanks a lot for taking the time. I appreciate it, Pam. Yeah, and Bob, next time we meet in 10 years or whatever after New York, now I, I will definitely remember you next time because our conversation was a little bit longer and you're very inspiring. So thank you for, for letting me see your pictures and uh, <laughs> anyway, getting, getting a chance to talk to you. Oh, awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. And thanks for listening, folks. And I'll be back with another interview, another episode of The Creative Entrepreneur real soon. So long for now.